Thank you for listening to the Shock Fantasy Podcast. Shock Fantasy is your home for the busy players' fantasy information. At Shock Fantasy, we provide quick-hitting charts, graphics, and dashboards to help you win in season-long, in best ball, in DFS, and in Dynasty Leagues. I'm Matt Harrison, longtime co-host of the longest-running fantasy football show in the history of the world, Fantasy Football Weekly. Shock Fantasy is what I use to prep for my deep dives into the matchups on Fantasy Football Weekly, and you can have all the access to the same data that helps me win. If you're not already a member of Shock Fantasy, use the promo code POTATO, that's P-O-T-A-T-O, to get your Shock Fantasy season-long, year-long pass for only $25. That's only 6.9 cents per day. Remember to use the promo code POTATO at checkout at shockfantasy.com. That's shockfantasy.com, promo code POTATO. Now, on with the podcast. Now, first off, how would we describe shock? (laughs) Welcome to the fantasy. (laughs) Nice. Nice. Man, you are one pathetic loser. Ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. Hey there, Shock Fantasy fans. Welcome to the Shock Fantasy Podcast. This is Matt Harrison. It is Tuesday. What the heck day is it? September 22nd. It's my dog Hattie's birthday. She turns one today. It's also my godson McCray's birthday. Happy birthday, McCray. And it's also time to get ready for the week three waiver wire. So let's get right into it. There's a lot of things happening. Obviously, week two was a disastrous amount of injuries. By the way, if it sounds weird where I'm recording from, I'm recording from my car in the hockey arena parking lot in Albertville, Minnesota, because my kid's at a hockey practice and I got nothing to do. So, you know what? That's what we do. We record from the parking lot. I hope nobody knocks on my window and goes, why are you wearing those big airplane cans on your ears? Oh, well. Uh, Anyway, so lots of injuries, tons of injuries. San Francisco was hit extremely hard on their offensive side of the ball. Obviously, Saquon Barkley gets an ACL out for the year. Christian McCaffrey has an ankle injury and will be sitting down for a few weeks. But let's get to a few of the guys uh, at the quarterback position. Quarterback. There it is right there. Um, I don't know why people haven't listened to my advice, Brian Johnson's advice, Paul Charchian's advice on Fantasy Football Weekly. Maybe Scott Fish has mentioned him too. But Gardner Minshew is still only owned in just under 25% of leagues on ESPN. He's had three touchdown passes in each game so far this year. This week, he gets Miami on a Thursday night. Now, Miami's not a good team. They are 0-2. Guess what they have next? The 0-2 Cincinnati Bengals. After that, the 0-2 Houston Texans. After that, the 0-2 Detroit Lions. Are you sensing a pattern here? They're not playing stiff competition in Jacksonville, and they're chucking the ball all the time. Minshew's really the only guy I really want on that roster. I'm even a little bit afraid of DJ Chark right now just because he's being, becoming so much of a rotational wide receiver. Keelan Cole is eating. LaVisca Chenault is eating. 
Lots of good players there, but I want a piece of that Jaguars offense because it's gardenage time all the time. And Gardner Minshew's the guy that you want out of that offense. Quarterback number two. I don't have the sound effect, but it's sad Trombonski himself, Mitchell Trubisky. He's had five touchdown passes and two picks through the first two games. And really, this is more of a matchup-based argument here because over the next four weeks, and I should mention, Trubisky's owned in 14.4% of ESPN leagues. Trubisky gets Atlanta, maybe one of the worst pass defenses in the league. Indianapolis next week. Uh, They have a lot of injuries in their secondary. Tampa Bay after that, a traditionally very poor pass defense. And Carolina the week after that. And Carolina's defense has been a little bit better than expected, but still kind of a disaster. So four straight easy matchups. Trubisky's not going to lose this job for a little while, especially after a 2-0 start. You can pick him up in super flex leagues and start him. I should mention, by the way, if you're going to place a bid on Gardner Minshew, it'll probably only cost you 5%. Trubisky, it's probably only going to cost you 2 maybe 3% of your blind bidding budget. The next guys I want to talk about, and I say guys because I predicted this on Fantasy Football Weekly last week, Tua Tagovailoa and Stubeard. Now, Stubeard still is getting the start this week. I thought it might have been Tua this week, but this game is on Thursday night. And if Stubeard gets off to a slow start against Jacksonville on a Thursday night and it's looking embarrassing for Miami, don't be surprised if Tua is in the game by halftime. Now, you're not picking up either of these guys probably to start this week. Fitzpatrick in a pinch. Not Tua yet, but I should mention, Tua is 9.8% owned on ESPN. Fitzpatrick only 2.4% owned on ESPN right now. So people are starting to warm up to the Tua Tagaviola idea, and you're going to need to get him before somebody else does in your league. This is probably your last chance to pick him up. You have to pick him up Wednesday or Thursday before the game because it's going to be a long layoff. And if they name Tua the starter in the 10-day off period in that week so he can get acclimated, or if Tua comes into the game and plays well, your chance is probably gone and his price is going way up. You only need to bid 1% on each of these guys right now, but the minute Tua becomes the starter, he's probably a 5 to 10% bid, and you don't want to do that. You want to be ahead of the game here. It's a premature speculation right there. Nick Mullins of the 49ers is the next guy I want to talk about. Obviously, he's 0% owned, but Jimmy Garoppolo is looking a little bit less than questionable this week, uh, I believe with an ankle injury, and they get the Giants. They stayed out on the East Coast, and it looks like Nick Mullins is probably going to get the start in this game with Raheem Mostert down and a whole bunch of guys in the running game down, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Nick Mullins is a very interesting start, and Nick Mullins did fill in a little bit for Jimmy Garoppolo in the past and had some success. Now, if Nick Mullins is the starter, I expect Kyle Shanahan to make a Nick Mullins game plan this week, and I believe Kyle Shanahan is smart enough to make Nick Mullins successful. I think it's a 1% bid on Nick Mullins, and if you're in a deep league where you play Superflex, he's definitely worth a speculative pickup here. The Denver Broncos are in a situation right here. Drew Locke has gone down. He's going to be gone for four to six weeks, it sounds like, with a shoulder injury. And right now, Jeff Driscoll filled in all right. 
But Blake Bortles was just signed by the Denver Broncos today. To me, that means the Broncos are, A, looking to continue to win this season. It's not a tanking situation. And, B, they are absolutely interested in putting Blake Bortles in the game. Could be as soon as this week in relief of Jeff Driscoll if things don't go well. But, remember, Cortland Sutton is done for the year. They're looking at Jerry Judy and Noah Fant. I expect Noah Fant to continue to be the safety blanket for the team. But just keep these guys on your radar. Don't pick them up. Keep them on your radar. Uh, By the way, Tampa Bay, which is a good matchup this week, and the Jets next week, both good matchups for Driscoll or Bortles. So if you need to pick up one, Driscoll's probably the guy. I don't think he's going to get more than 200, maybe one or two scores on the high end, but he's something to keep on your radar. Lastly, for the quarterback position, position, Justin Herbert, who threw for 311 yards and a score against Kansas City last week in a surprise start where Tyrod Taylor went to the hospital with a chest rib injury pain. It was a little unclear. Um, Herbert might have played himself into the starting role. Uh, I think it was only a matter of time before he did take that role over, but he played so well against Kansas City. I think he might just have it. Plus, this week, Carolina's on the docket, followed by Tampa, followed by New Orleans, who just got torched by Derek Carr, followed by the Jets, then Miami, then Jacksonville. That's six starts in a row that are fantasy viable starts, and Justin Herbert looked really good if you watched that game. Uh, He definitely passed the eye test, so he's definitely somebody I want uh, in the back of my mind, and I think that Justin Herbert probably deserves a 2% blind bid just to outbid some other people, maybe even more. If your league is starving for quarterbacks, he might be a 3 or 4% add in your league. Let's go to the running backs. God, don't you love my sound effects? It is so fun to do this show all pepped up and ready to go. I'm drinking my my vitamin water energy here, trying to keep keep the spirits up, trying to keep it alive trying to keep it fast-paced for all of you guys listening, and I truly do appreciate you listening to the Shock Fantasy Podcast. The running back position, it's full of interesting guys. I've got five running backs that I think are valuable ads this week. We're going to start with Christian McCaffrey's replacement, Mike Davis in Carolina. Uh, McCaffrey looks like he's down anywhere from a month to six weeks, and Mike Davis is kind of the guy there. Uh, He's filled in before in Seattle and and a couple of other places. He's only 2.7% owned. That's going to rocket up by 40 to 60% this week. And he has the Los Angeles Chargers this week, followed by Arizona, Atlanta, and Chicago. So it's a little bit of an up-and-down battle here. But Mike Davis is probably going to be the guy getting most of the work in Carolina. While I do expect them to throw a little bit more, Mike Davis is definitely – in the conversation for bell cow status until McCaffrey gets back. So I think we have to put in a, a 12% recommendation on Mike Davis this week. Miles Gaskin is a guy who was kind of overlooked. I mentioned him on fantasy football weekly right before week one about how the dolphins liked him and how they thought that he would be a valuable part of that offense, even with Matt Breida and Jordan Howard there and both playing Miles Gaskin had 13 touches last week. He's had 10 receptions in the passing game through the two games. And Scott Fish highlighted it 
on Fantasy Football Weekly that the Dolphins have given up a ton. Sorry, I should I should phrase that differently. The Dolphins have vacated targets at the running back position to the tune of over 100, I believe Scott said. So there are passing receptions that are going to go to Miles Gaskin. He seems to be the guy in line to get them. So he's the passing down back and the change of pace guy. If he's getting 13 touches a week, that's probably more than Jordan Howard and Matt Breida are going to pull down in any given week. He's 19.9% owned. Uh, Jacksonville, Seattle, San Francisco, and Denver in the next four weeks. I'm going to say a 9% recommendation on Miles Gaskin. There's a couple of guys here that are very exciting to me. Joshua Kelly, number one, 39.8% owned, and that ownership has gone up. He had 23 rushing attempts against Kansas City last week as the Chargers tried to play ball control. And this week, he gets the epically horrible Carolina Panthers run defense, and Carolina has given up the farm to everybody they've faced so far this year and last year. Joshua Kelly and Austin Eckler are fantasy viable each in the same lineup this week against Carolina. Now, it gets significantly more difficult for Kelly after this week. Tampa Bay, New Orleans, and the Jets are three formidable run defenses. So my recommendation is 14% on Josh Kelly and see how he does. Play him this week against Carolina. Then I think you're in a sell-high mode on Josh Kelly and maybe even Austin Eckler too. If you could package them together, I think it's a very interesting proposition, and you don't have to try to choose which one is going to be the bell cow or the workhorse in a given week. But I want to play both of them this week against Carolina. So what did I say, 14% on Josh Kelly? That sounds about right. Jet McKinnon, Jarek McKinnon in San Francisco, he's 26.6% owned. He's had a touchdown in each game this year. He had three carries for 77 yards and a score last week against the Jets and Raheem Mostert out for a couple of weeks. Also, Tevin Coleman looking doubtful to out for a couple of weeks. That leaves Jet McKinnon, and that leaves Jeff Wilson in the backfield. I think McKinnon is definitely the guy that you want to add. He looks spry. He's taken two years off to heal from injuries. He's ready to go. I'm going to put a 14% bid on Jarek McKinnon as well, even though we know he probably won't hold bell cow status in the San Francisco offense for the rest of the season. Mostert will come back. Tevin Coleman will come back. It will muddy that backfield. But if you have some injuries at the running back position and you need guys, McKinnon is a great add this week. Uh, the Giants this week, that's a poor run defense, followed by Philly, Miami, and the Rams in the, in the subsequent weeks. I think McKinnon's a great add. Finally, I'll mention the Giants backfield. Saquon Barkley obviously done for the season. Deion Lewis and Devontae Freeman are going to be popular pickups, and Devontae Freeman just signed with the Giants today. Devontae Freeman had nothing left in Atlanta last year. Deion Lewis had nothing left in Tennessee last year. The Giants' offensive line is terrible. The Giants get San Francisco this week, followed by the Rams, followed by Dallas, Washington, Philly, and Tampa Bay. That's the next six weeks for the Giants. That is not a good schedule. That is not a schedule conducive to running backs, especially when Saquon wasn't getting anything done behind this offensive line. How is Deion Lewis or Devontae Freeman or Wayne Gallman 
or any of those guys splitting carries? How are any of them going to get anything done from a backfield perspective? Do not bid on the Giants. They're a sabotage drop that you didn't even have to drop. Let somebody else go all in on the Giants. You don't want any part of that backfield. Leave it alone. That's my recommendation. The wide receivers. Oh, wait, sorry. Sound effect time. Pew, 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 pew. Wide receivers. Do you like those sound effects? If you like those sound effects, please hit me up on Twitter at Explosive Output or at Shock Fantasy. Tell me how you like the sound effects. They're probably terrible. Uh, my three wide receivers this week, Nkeel Harry of the New England Patriots. I think it's Nkeel. I always pronounce it N because uh, some of my compatriots pronounce it that way, but I'm pretty sure it's Nkeel Harry. 45% owned right now. Uh, looked fairly spry in that game against Seattle on Sunday night. Uh, Cam Newton looks good, and there's just not a lot of receivers out there on that team. He almost threw for 400 yards in that game. they got to go to somebody besides Edelman, and Nikhil Harry's the other guy on that team. Uh, they get the Raiders this week who've been involved in a shootout uh, in the last couple of weeks. They get Kansas City after that, and you know that that game is going to get uh, aerial as they play that one. And then Denver after that, and Denver's dealing with a lot of injuries on their defensive front. Nikhil Harry's probably worth a 4 or 5% pickup. Uh, I don't think it's going to cost you much more than that. I'm more interested in Russell Gage, who's 27.8% owned on uh, ESPN right now. He plays for the Atlanta Falcons. He's had a touchdown in each of the last two games, and Atlanta's scoring tons of points. Scored 39 last week, uh, scored in the 30s the week before. They get the Bears this week. They get the Packers next week. That sounds like a shootout. They get Carolina the week after that. That's a pretty easy matchup for wide receivers. Minnesota the week after that. That's an easy matchup for wide receivers. Detroit the week after that. That's an easy matchup for wide receivers. They're creating mismatches in Atlanta and Matt Ryan's throwing the ball. Russell Gage needs to be rostered in every league. He simply does. He's worth a 10% ad. And I don't take that lightly. He's a guy who's going to be a focus in that passing game. And I think Russell Gage is a guy that you can pick up. Drop 10% on him. You'll like him. You'll like it. Corey Davis is the last guy I'll mention. 46.5% owned. Uh, topped 100 yards in the first game. Scored in the second game. Uh, the good part about Corey Davis is A.J. Brown's looking like he's trending toward doubtful again this week. They probably won't need him against Minnesota and that horrific defense. That's who he gets this week. Minnesota and a bunch of rookie corners. I like Corey Davis's chances here. Uh, Pittsburgh the week after that is not good. Buffalo the week after that is not good. But Corey Davis for this week, he's kind of a take-a-chance-on-me style wide receiver this week, and I think that you should pick him up. A couple other guys I just wanted to mention very briefly. Uh, Michael Pittman of the Colts, since Paris Campbell went down. Keelan Cole of the Jaguars, a guy who's just getting a lot of work in Jacksonville and probably worth a percent a buck. Uh, these guys are all worth a buck, by the way. And Corey Davis, I think it'll only take you 5% to get him if you need him. Uh, Jalen Rager, I think, is worth a buck to drop on. Uh, Philly's going to have to start throwing to the wide receivers very soon. They're 0-2. They need to get things going uh, vertically in that passing game. Jalen Rager did play last week, and he's going to get work going soon. And finally, this is more of a dynasty ad, but a guy that I really like, if you're in a dynasty league, a keeper league, and this guy's still available, Chase Claypool of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's a guy I added in my Empire League last week. The dude is just super talented. He's big. He comes back at the point of catch. Uh, he, he's, he's been fantastic in his limited play so far this year. 
And I think that Pittsburgh looks like they're probably going to move on from Juju Smith-Schuster at the end of the year. They have James Washington. They have Deontay Johnson. I think Chase Claypool could emerge as a top-flight wide receiver talent in Pittsburgh, and it could be sooner than later. If he continues to put up numbers like this, they're not going to be able to keep him off the field very long. So Claypool is a guy I think that you can add for like 1% right now, and if you're in a dynasty or a keeper league, you just get to roll with him for years, and I think it'll be successful. Oh, we got to get down to these tight ends. There's only a couple, but, you know, I got to do the sound effect. Woo! Woo! Tight ends. That was a terrible sound effect. I probably need to work on these a little bit. And this podcast is getting long. I try to keep him at 15 minutes to keep you guys rolling. There's just a lot going on this week. There's two guys that I'm cheating on here. I shouldn't say that. Strike that. Reverse it. That doesn't sound right. There's two guys that I am cheating the numbers because I like to play under 50% owned on ESPN leagues. These two guys are over 50% owned, but just barely. Janu Smith and Mike Gesicki. Both of these guys deserve to be rostered. Both of these guys deserve to be starting tight ends in your fantasy league. Unless you're in an eight-team league, both of these guys are startable just about every week. And Janu Smith, especially with A.J. Brown out. Mike Gesicki with a great matchup this week against Jacksonville, followed by Seattle, San Francisco, and Denver. Gesicki had 130 yards and a score on eight catches last week. You got you got to start putting him in your lineup. Jonu Smith had two touchdowns. Charge's pants are still orbiting Venus. It's crazy, guys. These guys need to be owned. If they're not owned in your league, just go check. Just go do a quick search. Make sure that they're owned in your league. I imagine since you're listening to this podcast, you probably know better, though, and you probably already own one of them or somebody in your league does. The two guys I want to mention that are worthy pickups, Logan Thomas of the Washington football team, only 15.9% owned. I think from a target share standpoint, he might be the second most targeted player on Washington the rest of the year outside of Terry McLaurin. He's just going to have a lot of opportunity, and that, that's, that's, the, that's the name of the game here. So Logan Thomas, you only need to spend a buck on him to pick him up. Finally, Jordan Akins. He's a guy that I just noticed. Two for 39 and a score in the first game against Kansas City. And Kansas City, traditionally a pretty good tight end defense. Seven for 55 last week against Baltimore. Baltimore, traditionally a pretty good tight end defense. The wide receivers are sketchy at best in Houston. Watson needs to throw the ball. He needs to get rid of it. He can't get it to the outside. His pass rush is letting him down right now. I think Jordan Akins is a sneaky guy that can be startable in some weeks. Now, this week's tough against Pittsburgh, but he's done it against two good defenses before. Following up that, he gets Minnesota and Jacksonville in the next two weeks, and he's very startable. Probably will appear in a Take a Chance on Me segment over the next couple of weeks. So, Jordan Akins. Also, you only need to spend 1% on him, and if you're hurting at the tight end position, he's a worthwhile add. There we go. We did it. We got through this massive waiver wire in week three. I want to thank all of you guys for supporting Shock Fantasy, whether you're a member or whether you're not. Um, I, I, I truly am humbled by the amount of support that we've gotten for Shock Fantasy, and I, I really appreciate you guys all listening. Uh, worth noting, we got some super cool Shock Fantasy hats from Soda Stick that are 
being shipped to my house in the first week of October. You can pre-order now. I only have 20 for sale of the white and 20 for sale of the blue. I believe they're called the squall for the blue and the thunder snow for the white. They're going to be sweet. They're going to be high quality. They're trucker hats. They can be flat build if you need them. They can, you can curve them a little bit and look cool. They're going to look sweet on the golf course. Uh, I, I am charging $37 for the two hats. You know, well, each, they're $37. Now, that builds in a little bit of a shipping cost for me. costs about $7. I'm going to be honest with you. It costs about $7 to ship. I'm going to make a little bit of money on them, but it does cost a lot for Soda Stick to produce these hats in such a small batch. I'm not a rich guy. I'm starting a tiny little fantasy company from my basement. So I'm looking for support from people like you. If you want to help me get get a few more bucks in the account so I can continue to offer you guys great content, I would super appreciate it. And you're going to look good while doing it. We got a cool logo. Uh, we got some cool hats. And uh, I really appreciate you guys all taking the time to become a member of Shock Fantasy. Or to even, uh, if, you, if you just like the podcast and you don't want to be a member, go buy a hat. Go buy a hat. Actually, if you want to buy a hat and get a membership, use the promo code COMBO if you put both of them in your cart and you'll get a nice little discount. You'll get the hat and you'll get a, a membership for only 20 bucks. Nice. All right. Sounds good. I really appreciate all you guys listening. Please rate and review our podcast. Right now we're on Spotify. We're on Google. We're on Breaker. We're on Anchor. Uh, should be up on Apple Podcasts in the next couple of weeks. I really appreciate all of you guys listening. Peace out, homeboys.